The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It's primetime action from the South Point. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin on a night with a standalone football game, which is going to go to the half, by the way, with New England leading the Eagles 19 to nil. I believe that's what you say in football, right? Nil? 19 yes. nil uh, Patriots up on the Eagles. Uh, before we get to the baseball scores, I just want to point out, because we were, we were watching this off air, Devontae Smith just absolutely shaking the corner. Just an unbelievable route. And and so it, it harkens back to our whole thing where it was like, all right, why does this happen every year in college football where, you know, I don't know, this just in, he wins the Heisman Trophy, right? right? The night of the national championship, in one half of football before he got hurt, he just filled up the entire box score. And then if you like, we fast forward to the draft and it's like everybody loses their mind in the interim, where they're like, "Yeah, he's too small. Right. He shouldn't be, a, you know, near the top of the draft." Blah blah blah. And it's just like, "Well, here he is. This is exactly what we thought he was. Oh, he's too small. Just can't can't have torched it." Torched a corner on just one of the most beautiful routes you'll you'll ever see, and it's just you know, it's one of those things where we overanalyze things so 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 often. And 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 we were saying before the before the uh, interview with Chris. I mean, th- this. Absolute dime that Mac Jones threw oh, like yeah. 48 yards down the field in the air. Just let you know, like, look, Cam Newton had an awesome first quarter. I mean, he went eight of nine for over 100 yards and touchdown as well. But it just lets you know that there's probably going to come a point in the season where the talent of the youngster probably is just too much to keep on the side. Like, I think all of these guys we're talking about. Outside of maybe Trey Lance, if for whatever reason the 49ers make a serious run at it. But I think all of these guys are going to be on the field. We know two of them are going to start no matter what. We think Fields is getting in there early. And I just think there's going to be too much upside for Mac Jones to to leave him on the sideline. I mean, that was a dime. And th- th- I think with all of them, yeah. I don't want to put Mac Jones in the Hall of Fame quite yet. Yeah. But think about the draft again. If the Patriots don't pick him at 15 – he probably drops to deep in the 20s. Yeah. Like, that was sort of the last team. Um, but obviously, they and, grabbed him, and that was that. And by the way, Matt, Nikhil, uh, Nikhil Harry's heading to the locker room uh, 30 seconds before halftime. Yes. Just, uh, with Bruce <laughs> Digo. Yes. yes, Bruce Digo. Yes. Injured Digo. <laughs> we were discussing the uh, whenever you come down with the ball and you, you just miss it. Yeah. He always got to have an injury when he went. You make that catch, that, that 48 yards down the field, you hop up, you spin the ball, <laughs> and you point down the field like this. And when you drop it, you, you something's hurt. Yeah. Like, something <laughs> I was like the reports. Like, it's yeah. it's halftime. Like, when did you go into the locker room? 20 seconds beforehand? But, Anyways, we want to bet on this game. 19 to nothing at the half. The live numbers, Patriots 18 and 36 and a half. And let's pour a little out. R.I.P. 
if you had the over on the first half total, mm. brutal. It was 19 or and 19 half. and a half. Yeah. It finishes on 19 with a missed field goal, a missed extra point, and then Bill Belichick decided to go for two when they scored their third touchdown, and that also did not convert. And so, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. That is unfortunate. Rough. What are you doing uh, betting preseason anyway? Over <laughs> in baseball, Yankees still with the lead, but it's been trimmed. Uh, Yankees six, Twins three, top of the sixth. Uh, twins are plus 850 live, 12 and a half the total. Uh, Reds still be- leading the Marlins four to one, top of the seventh. Marlin live numbers just went off the board in that game. Uh, Brewers and Cardinals all tied up at one top of the fourth. Brewers minus 190 live. Cardinals plus 155 and 7.5 live total. Can I make a FedEx point before we go into uh, 30 teams and 30 shows? Of course. Do you think that golf as a sport fails to promote this? in a way that they should? In other words, the majors get all the juice, so does the Ryder Cup. I think it's a great question. I think they do everything they possibly can to promote it, actually. I, I think they do a fair, fairly good job promoting it. It's The problem is you're, you're building in playoffs into a sport that never had them, and the playoffs will never be more important than the four majors are. So well, it's like under, already it's understood, like, but it's like already like messed up to begin with. You know what I mean? It's such a lame part of the calendar that it should be able to gain some traction. The, the again, the tennis major hasn't happened yet, right? The U.S. Open still a couple weeks away. Football, college football is ten days or nine days away. Pro football is still even further than that. It just seems like it's ripe for the opportunity, and I don't know. I feel like we're the only ones who care well, about the it. The other thing is. Is people they don't talk about the money, money. enough. Yep. Yes. There's seventy million dollars up for grabs. I so agree. This has been our bugaboo the whole time. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Billings, Vison's primetime action right here from the tip of the strip in Las Vegas. Uh, usually seventy the, million. Yes, I mean it's like kind of like casually mention it every now and then. But, yeah. but it's your point that that's that's consistent with your point that you've made about golf to begin with, which is it's almost as if announcers in golf have the edict from above. To de-emphasize yeah, money. Because they don't ever talk about right. it. Right. And they used to. I feel like they used to at the end of tournaments, like, oh, this putt means this amount for this person. Not not like completely, but every once in a while they throw it in. Now, and we've seen tournaments where, like, you know, first place is already decided. Yeah. Leader in the clubhouse is, or, or guy coming up the course is going to win no matter what. But, you know, like a second, third place, mention it. Say, oh, well, this is a $300,000 yeah. putt. Yeah. Or so, bring up that a guy that is about to finish in sixth, is about to get a check for more than he's made in the last two years on tour or whatever. Like, all these things are, like, that's a feel-good thing. And also, money is something people can at least relate to. Like, your FedEx Cup points you're getting for this. Like, people can't relate to that at all. They don't, like, okay, cool, he got that many FedEx Cup points. Like, that doesn't mean anything. When you say, like, oh, he's going to make $170,000 for this, which his first two, his last two years on tour, he hadn't made $170,000. That's something people are like, oh, man, good for that dude. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's... That, it's a, something that people can like. Oh, okay, latch on to. Yeah, I think I think you'll just go. You know, going back to your original question of like, what if it's not promoted enough or or anything, like, I think it's it's one of those things. I think golf fans latch on to it. They like it, but like you've already got to be a golf fan and pretty hardcore and probably you know maybe betting on it like us or you know doing daily fantasy or something like that. I think they love the playoffs, 
But I, I don't know. It's just it's odd. It's it's, it's an odd. I, I hear what you're saying. You, yeah. you, you feel like you don't. It's not. There's not enough made of okay. it. We can fix this. But we're, going, we're taking the show. We're taking the show on the road. Yeah. We're gonna we'll talk. <laughs> we're gonna talk <laughs> next about year. It. Yeah. Live we're, from we're, we're gonna talk yeah. about it. All we'll go to all place. three events. Yeah, yeah. Owings Mills, yeah. Maryland. Yeah. We're gonna talk about it all over the place. <laughs> I just think it's gonna be. It's just there's no other sport. I I mean really where I mean I guess tennis would be one of them. But it's like where you're talking about a season long and it's like okay the four biggest things that happen in the season are spread out throughout the regular season. Like, so I, I don't know. It's, it's, you're just never going to get that allure off the majors. So the difficulty is to make the, the playoffs then feel as big as the majors. And I feel like they, they've tried to dun, do that with the WGCs, which like, they, they I mean, again, players love cause it's way more money, just like they love the playoffs, but I don't know. The WGCs fall flat too. Can we, can we keep this shot on the screen right here? Gil, do you see Kelly's little beard streaks just blend perfectly into his shirt? Into his shirt like, yeah, yeah, just it basically yeah. just an extension. You don't, you don't of his know shirt. where the beard yeah, stops yeah, and the shirt yeah, begins. Just, it blends perfectly. I right believe this is. I wore this shirt one night when you were you were out of town, Matt, and Adam asked on air if I had purposely worn this shirt to match my beard. Oh, right. well, so you know, I remember streaks now, in the yeah. beard that it just it just perfectly lines up. I just I I'm a fan. Uh, I just, that's a two thumbs up. <laughs> just gonna let you know. It's a two thumbs up. Excellent aside. Yeah, I absolutely think. Excellent that's aside. It's a two by, thumbs up. By the way, one thing we didn't mention about this game, and we probably should: Patriots and Eagles. If you're wondering, hey, where's Jalen Hurts? He's sick. Uh, Non-COVID related. You have to say that in this day and age. So no Jalen Hurts tonight for the Eagles. That is why you've gotten a healthy dose of the great Joe Flacco <laughs> in the first half. It's time for 32 teams in 32 shows. <laughs> As we continue now in the NFC South, where uh, Kelly made the decision to go with the Panthers first yesterday. We'll go to the Falcons next. Uh, they finished 4-12 and and dead last in the NFC South last year. Uh, and as a result, cost Dan Quinn, the head coach, and GM Thomas Dimitrov their jobs after an 0-5 start, by the way. Uh, they blew two straight fourth-quarter leads. Remember how many fourth-quarter leads? Oh, that was the story of their year last year. Two uh, two straight fourth-quarter leads by more than 15 points. Remember that early in back-to-back weeks against the Cowboys and the Bears. You couldn't believe it happened against the Cowboys. Then they come right back, and uh, it's the Bears. Uh, throughout the season, they blew six leads that led to losses and lost eight games by seven points or less. Keep that little stat in mind. Eight games by seven points or less they lost. The defense gave up the fourth most total yards, the most passing yards, and third most passing touchdowns. They did give up the sixth fewest rushing yards, but teams attempted the second fewest rushing attempts against them, 380. So that kind of informs that stat. So that's a lot to sort of unpack. Yeah, Arthur Smith in as head coach. He was uh, the Tennessee offensive coordinator last year. Dean Pease is in a defensive coordinator. He's also coming over from Tennessee. So... To add on to kind of the the woes from this Falcons team last year, some of those things were were pretty standoutish. But I mean, how about this? They led, they had the lead in thirteen of sixteen games last year. That's like that Jacoby Brissett year with the Colts. Yeah, they led yeah. in thirteen of sixteen games. They had the halftime lead in nine games. Which, by the way, if you lead at halftime. Historically, over the last decade or so, you win about 80% of the time. It's like 78.7% of the time or something like that. Um, they only won four of those games. Yeah. They, they won four of them. In the last 30 years, only six teams have blown more halftime leads than this team. That's incredible. That is incredible. In the last 30 years, only six teams have blown more halftime leads than this Falcons team did. 
Every, every so, Falcon fan and, listening right now is nodding their head going, oh, yeah. yes. And, like, I feel like that is a – I mean, I know you're about to bust out all the stats and everything, but I feel like that is just such a simple combination of, like, we can't run the ball on offense and our team cannot stop – our defense cannot stop anybody passing the ball. A lot of a lot of what you said is, is factual. <laughs> and, <laughs> and keep in mind, of course, they this franchise, in not too you know distant memory, right, has the biggest – crap out of a big lead on the biggest stage of all time in the Super Bowl oh, against the Patriots. So, so all, of that, so all of that, all of that, all of that harkened back to that last year. So. Uh, free agency, they were pretty active, and a lot of these guys are going to get a, a ton of playing time, and, and a lot of these guys are, are even going to start, but no, like, huge standout names, really. I mean, they brought in running back Mike Davis. He's going to start for them. They brought in Cordell Patterson, who will do whatever Cordell Patterson does. They brought in safety Eric Harris. They brought another safety in Deron Harmon. They brought in A.J. McCarron to back up uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, Fabian Morrow, corner, is going to start for them as well. Offensive guard Josh Andrews, another guy that's going to probably get a decent amount of playing time. Of course, the big news for this Falcons team was what were they going to do with that number four pick in the draft. They went ahead and they kept it and they took tight end Kyle Pitts. They did not take a quarterback. They did not trade out of it. They took Kyle Pitts with the first with their first round pick. They took a safety in Richie Grant in the second round. They took Jalen Mayfield, an offensive tackle, in the third round. He also is likely to start for this team. Um, they took a corner in Darren Hall in the fourth round. They took a center and a defensive tackle uh, to round out kind of their their draft picks that are going to make the team and have some significant playing time this year. Twenty fifth ranked roster according to ESPN leading in to the season. And you know, listen, when you lose some of the players that they lost. You lose a Julio Jones, you lose an Alex Mack, it's it's going to really ding you right there as far as what people think of this roster that you're putting out there. 21st overall offense last year, 14th overall defense last year. You would like to think that they would be able to pick up on the offensive side of the ball. And the mean projection from Football Outsiders, 7.1 wins for this team. You can see that at their win total is set at 7.5. They have them as a playoff contender 22.7% of the time. That is a 9-11 to win team that they say, you know, if you're 9-11 to wins, you're likely to be contending for a playoff spot. They have them winning the Super Bowl 0.5% of the time. Their strength of schedule 15th easiest, 18th toughest, however you want to say it. I don't know, whatever. You know, 15th, middle Yeah, middle of the pack. Yeah, middle yeah. of the pack there for their schedule. The Sharp Football has them projected right on the number that you see on the screen at 7.5 wins. Pro Football Focus is a little bit higher on this Falcons team than uh, the other two. It actually has them in their simulations, of course, at 9.1 wins. So significantly over the 7.5 that you get right there with them and actually have them power ranked as the 18th power ranked team leading into the season. So this is where it is kind of cool to take in everybody's opinions on all these things because some people, you know, decide to get higher on teams or are lower on teams and in pro football focus seems to be a little bit higher on this Falcons team. Now the offensive line is where they're, you know, this is one of the biggest things here. So left tackle Jake Matthews, he's been a stud pass blocker for them. He's eighth out of 95 qualifiers last season. Run blocking is his middle of the pack, but overall super, super solid guy. Right tackle Caleb McGarry, he was actually their 2019 first-round pick. He took a huge second-year leap. Offensive lineman, uh, you know, whenever we see this this type of leap, he went from a 53 to a 64. We see these huge kind of third-year leaps a lot of times from offensive linemen, and so that's what they're going to be hoping for because they also have another 2019 first-rounder in Chris Lindstrom who's going to start at guard for them. But he was actually the ninth-graded overall guard in the entire NFL last season. So this offensive line 
has the potential for sure. The big blow here and the reason why people aren't jumping up and down about this offensive line and saying, oh, hey, look, with these playmakers and Matt Ryan, whatever, is, well, they lost Alex Mack in free agency. And he was the second, he's been the second highest graded center since he came in the NFL in 2016. So over the last six years, the guy has been the second, you know, the one of the very best centers that you're ever going to get. He's now over in Cleveland. And so not only do you have to replace him, but there's also a pretty big battle going on over at left guard as well. And the two guys that are really battling it out are both below average, like left guards as well. So there's going to be two pretty gaping holes in that offensive line. And so unless somebody really, really steps it up, that's why people really aren't jumping up and down about the offensive line here, despite the fact that three of the spots should be actually pretty good. On the defensive line, and this is what Kelly was alluding to, look, defensive line, 31st graded heading into the season. Grady Jarrett is actually a legitimate stud for this team. He's actually super, super good. He just has absolutely no help. I mean, they signed Dante Fowler Jr. expecting him to come in and and really make a difference for them. He had a below 40 run grade against him, and he had a sub-10% pressure rate as well on the quarterback. And so you give this guy all this money, you sign him in free agency, and then he can't stop the run, and he doesn't get any pressure on, on the quarterback. He's not really doing his job, all that. I mean, they do get Marlon Davidson back, who uh, was injured for the majority of the season. So he, he maybe could give them a boost, but it looks like it's going to be a real big weakness here. But uh, maybe not as big a weakness as the secondary, which, by the way, is graded dead last heading into the season. They were dead last last year. They're dead last heading into this season. They allowed seven yards per pass play last year. Only the Jags and Lions allowed more than that. The All four safeties for this team that got at least 200 snaps are all gone. They have to replace every single safety on the team. They don't have anybody returning. Their three primary corners, A.J. Terrell, Isaiah Oliver, and then Kendall Sheffield, all of them over the last two seasons, not just last season, this is like a, a two-season body of work here, none of them have graded over a 60 over the last two seasons. It's just been horrible for this secondary, and it does. It looks like it's going to be even worse as they have to replace everybody at safety, and then they have three sub, I mean, like really, you know, sub third of the league corners that they're like, going to be running out there. So, like, that's something we brought up, like, during the season last year, I felt like, where it was like, okay, like, Keanu Neal, like, I think that's one, that, that's one thing, but, like, Okay, if you if you were that bad replacing but like everybody like is it is it really gonna get how much yeah. worse can it get you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. I guess you don't really know with that is what, is what I'm saying with that you need to replace people that have been playing that bad. Where is Deion Jones ranking these days? Deion Jones is not uh, he he's not showing up very very highly in mm. in these things either you know I mean and if you're a Falcons fan you see this right here I mean this is like you know where they're going to finish in this division you're you're relying on the skill position stuff and like we said for this offensive line to be able to be good enough to where hey look they're just going to get in firefights and maybe you win some of these these firefights right I mean we talked about this on the show and Gil we got backed up by these people who who watch the tape every single now. Matt Ryan was a 12th graded quarterback yes. in 2020. Like everyone was was putting this guy in his grave. Pronouncements of his demise yeah. are premature. And you want some players that he finished better than as far as like over the course of the season? Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees. He was ahead of every single one of those guys, you know? And it was everyone was trying to say that it was his fault. It wasn't his fault. It was the defense's fault. They they were getting these leads. We just mentioned that they had halftime leads in nine games, you know, and that the defense could not could not hold for them at all. One of the questions here, though, I think that this is a legitimate concern if you are kind of wondering how this offense is going to translate over with, with Arthur Smith because the way he ran this Tennessee team is 
the the Titans pass the ball a league low 42% of the time on early downs in situation neutral um, because maybe that had to do with the fact that you've got Derrick Henry. Henry. Yeah. But maybe that's an offensive philosophy, right? And so we'll we'll see how it all plays out here because you would like to think that when you have Calvin Ridley and you invested the fourth overall pick in Kyle Pitts that you're going to be using these guys, you know, and, and like passing a ton because Calvin Ridley, again, top 10 wide receiver, Kyle Pitts, I think is going to have a monster season. We have these, we have the over under up there, 800 and a half yes. on Kyle Pitts. I actually bet that, and I took the over. I'm on, so, so glad you brought that. I actually bet that and, and took the over on that. I took that two days ago. Um, it was as I was kind of prepping for all this because when you look at it, he's basically going to be a wide receiver You're right. I mean, like for this team on a team that's going to be trailing a lot. And over throwing the, the ball the, just as much as they have the yeah, past three years. Who's going to be trailing a lot over the course of the season. And I think – and we've tried hard to, to explain – what kind of a, a physical freak that this guy is. But, I mean, it is it is crazy. Another missed kick. By Another missed kick. He's gone. <laughs> Pack your bags, buddy. You're yeah, they're, you're, they're getting <laughs> yeah. someone else in there. Um, but, I mean, he's absolute physical. We're talking a 6'6 six, six guy that runs a 4-4-9. I mean, this is like Calvin Johnson-esque. I, like, my my like buddy Tim today athletic ability. literally texted me. I have Calvin. He said I have uh, Kyle Pitts over 790 and a half. How high should it go before I middle it? This, I said, stop with the middling. Just take your seven yeah, nine I, and I, a half. Matt, I was putting together of all these teams we've done and all yeah. the player totals. That one made me stop in my tracks more than anyone yeah. I've put together so far. Where I was like, and, and usually you think overs with rookie stars. Yeah. That's going to be a popular Pe- bet, right? Blake? Pe- well, the people who look at it and they say, they say, no tight ends ever done this. Yeah. And they start naming off all these stats. One, no tight ends ever been taken fourth overall right. in the draft ever before. No tight ends ever been six six and run a four four before. Like, so it's these. There is no comps, right? There's no comps. I mean, this, this, guy, this guy averages fifty yards a game. You're you're going over yeah. that. Like, it, that, it, that's, it, and like I say, he's going to line up. What? Like, it's not even typical tight end type situation. He's going to line up wide at least half the time like he's gonna and it's not even like he's gonna be tight in you know he's not blocking they have hunter they have hayden hurst he's not like, blocking. He block. yeah. they, they have hayden hurst to block he's not blocking ever. there is a team every year in the nfl whether it's afc or nfc that no one expects to make the playoffs um or very few people expect to make the playoffs but does and i'm not talking about the patriots in yeah. the afc that doesn't count it's belichick i think it might be the falcons because could, of all the things we talked yeah. about all those close losses last year i would not be surprised at all to see them squeak into a playoff berth that number two at plus 300, finishing second in the South. I might bet that. Uh, we'll come back. It's Vison's primetime action. We'll update all the baseball scores, all three of them, coming back. doesn't mean anything, right? Because uh, if so, the Eagles look really bad and the Patriots look really darn good. 25 to nothing Patriots here on VEASAN's primetime action. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Um, Mac Jones, 10 of 14 for 115 with a 50-yard pass dropped. Dropped. Yeah. Correct. 
greatest Patriots quarterback ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason Kondo, every morning we come and do a numbers game and we have all the uh, the mainstream media shows on. The stuff that they, you know, waste oh, 30 minutes talking Will about. Will Mac Jones beat Tom Brady? Right. It's like... So Jason greets me every morning with, he's like, Gil, is Mac Jones the greatest New England Patriots <laughs> quarterback ever based on that performance? You know, because it's up. Oh, what, what just happened? We lost our screen. There we go. We got it back. Oh, there's yeah. South Point switching channels back there. Switching channels. Uh, I guess we should update the baseball scores. What do you got? Yeah, we got uh, Yankees still with that 6-3 lead over the Twins. That game's into the top of the eighth inning now. Uh, if you wanted to get in live on the Twins, 14-1. to I wouldn't suggest, suggest it, but what do I know? Ten and a half live total. Uh, Reds up on the Marlins, 6-1, to bottom of the seventh. Brewers up now on the Cardinals, 4-1, to top of the fifth. If you wanted to get in live there, Cardinals plus 750 and 9.5 the live total. And in this NFL preseason game, Patriots 25, Eagles nothing. The spread is 20.5 and, and total 39.5. Even worse, Gil, I, I was because I was only watching that as I was, I was doing the, the Falcon stuff with one. That was actually a missed extra point. It wasn't even yes, a missed, missed extra point. Was another missed extra yeah. point. For yeah, him. he's done. He's toast. Yeah, he's and done he was so. so good last week, too. Just, yeah. But sorry, then he did, he did miss an extra point at the end of that game, too, I thought. Um, Sorry, buddy. Northern, yeah. yeah, you're out of there. Uh, Naomi Osaka, number two uh, seed in Cincinnati, loses to Jill Teichman. I wanted, I had a notion about Teichman, but I, I, I was taken off because Osaka looked pretty good. I thought she figured out something against Corey Goff, Coco Goff, in the first uh, round, so didn't pull the trigger. But Osaka, Dunzo, and heading into the U.S. Open, which is not next week, but the week after, I'm not so sure she should be the betting short shot anymore. Like, she just has a lot swirling around in her head. So, I, I don't think she should be. I, I, she will get not, not, I don't think she's going to get much of my support, if any, yes, at all. She will not. You and, know, and, there's, in, in, like, you know, we've, we've, we've talked a lot about this stuff that these, these athletes deal with, you know, off the court and things. I mean, that, that, that interview in Cincinnati with that guy, which I did not think that the questioning was out of line. Her agent. It should be ashamed of, of like of like I did not think the question with that was, was that out of line at, at, at all. all. And, Are you kidding me? That question was completely and, fair. And, completely and then, fair. The way that the way that she you know went about kind of processing all stuff like that, you can just tell like she she's dealing with stuff. she's dealing with stuff. Yeah, and we don't and again we don't we don't make light of mm-hmm. any mental health stuff, whatever it is that she's you know got uh, sort of troubled by, but. Yeah, the, the, the question was perfectly fair. Her agent really, like, went off on this reporter. And if you hadn't heard it and you just took the quote for what it was, yeah. you're like, oh, my God, what an awful question. This guy, it, it, was, it was perfectly reasonable. And uh, she had trouble. Anyway, she loses to Teichman, who's a, who's a really good player on hard courts. And it's not, like, completely surprising to me that this mm-hmm. happened. But um, she is not playing well at all. And so, uh, you know, the world number two, Naomi Osaka, Loses in three sets to Teichman. So the quarterfinals almost established now in uh, in both uh, on both the men's and women's side in Cincinnati. And it looks like Stefanos Tsitsipas is going to get by uh, Sonigo on the men's side right here to advance to the quarter. So, I mean, it's a great tournament. Best thing besides a slam that you could want. Uh, but no Naomi, and you have to wonder about the U.S. Open in a couple weeks. For you people that are going to be doing your fantasy drafts here anytime soon, if you want to listen to Coach speak, which is not always the way to go. Um, we talked about the Bucks and how they brought back every single player, every single starter from their team last year. Well, they also brought in Giovanni Bernard. And when asked about Giovanni Bernard today, uh, Bruce Arians said, 
he is already going to be a major part of the offense. I believe it because when they signed him, I immediately thought to myself, can you picture – how many times can you picture Tom Brady yeah. throwing a little dink pass mm-hmm. to Gi- Giovanni it's, Bernard on like, you know. There's a, nobody in, better designed yes. for it, right? Uh, I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Apparently I, I, someone said to him that he, he looked pretty good out there today, and then and he responded with, he's been more than pretty good. You said fantasy. Uh do you subscribe to the theory this year in fantasy that unlike recent fantasy draft history, you should actually draft a quarterback high? I do not. You do not. I do not. Because I had someone on the show today who said, yes, you do that this year. Mm. Different story. I do not because I just think there's – well, I mean, it all depends on the scoring system in your league, right? Yeah. Like, we've – for, by and large, team most leagues have moved to like a PPR system where you get a full point per reception. Like it just makes the top end wide receivers so incredibly valuable, and so it's just it it's just better to like have a, a wad of those guys and and, and tip more than more more than likely. But a know, wad of them depends on your. Depends on your scoring system. Yep. A lot of times. Always does. Northern Trust leaderboard update. Kelly gets the gloat, and Matt's okay with it because he's got a Justin Thomas ticket as well. We'll do that next. Beast's primetime action. College Football Benny Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. That was also a great time to get your all-access visa subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at vcin.com slash subscribe. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. Great job once again done by uh, Matt Humans and crew put together both the college and pro football guides. Really, really good and all from a betting perspective. That's what makes this one different. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Uh, the nervous as kicker right now. He's like, please don't, please don't make me have to kick a field goal. Oh, please, yeah. please, please score, <laughs> Mac Jones. Please, please score. Don't make me have to kick a field goal, please. I, I would actually think he'd rather have a long field goal attempt than another extra. <laughs> yeah, point. at this point, you need to get, you yeah. need some redemption, right? Yeah. Like it's like, I mean, That's it's true. already looking That's real true. bad. Like, I might have missed those extra points, but I made that forty yards. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, for those. Uh, Wondering, Patriots knocking at the door once again, up 25 to nothing as Mac Jones and crew matriculating the ball down the field. Look at that. Uh, can I interest you in 100 to 1 on the Eagles at this point? <laughs> you cannot. Ah, I'm good. No? You cannot. Okay. I'm just checking. Northern Trust, first of the three FedEx uh, tournaments. We go to Owings Mills, Maryland next week, and then Atlanta for uh, the final of the three. But uh, one round in the books at the Northern Trust, and JT and John Rahm. Maybe the two best players in the world right now. I don't know. DJ might have something to say about that. JT, eight under. John Rahm, eight under. Three strokes lead. Three shot lead over uh, Harold Varner the third as the Patriots uh, try to get in the end zone. Be first to go at the one. Uh, and then a whole bunch of guys uh, at four under. Actually, a quartet of golfers at four under. Robert Streb, Cameron Tringale, Tony Finau, and Kevin Na coming off a uh, six player playoff last week. So besides JT, who did you have in the outrights here? I had Harris English, who was up there for the majority of the day, but he had a blow up 
uh, he had a blow up hole, and I have uh, I had a couple bombs. I have Rory. Those are the three main ones, and I just had two bombs: uh, Seamus, uh, Seamus Power, and then I took a bomb on Ian Poulter as well. So I just those are the only. Uh, Look at that! After one round, John Rom plus one thirty five, and you were saying top five. He's like minus one seventy, no, minus seven hundred, minus yeah. seven hundred. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> In what world would you bet that? There, no there better be no world. Yeah. If we can give you any piece of betting advice, yeah. There's no. There's still three rounds of golf to go. That it, things can go wrong. I hope someone posts a. Someone tonight should post a. Uh, JT and Rom versus the field. Like, cause that's like minus one ten each way almost. Look at that drop off though. JT's plus three thirty, and then the next short shot is Adam Scott, who is also uh, among the group that is four back. He is at twenty two to one. Man, you know one of the things we do is is we go in and we look at the advanced stats and see if there's anything that like where we can say okay, there's either going to be a regression mm-hmm. one way or the other, positive or negative. And you look at these guys at the top, and yes. JT and Rom both gained four strokes on the field and approach, but they're two of the best approach players there right. are in all of uh, in all of the tour. So it's like you can't really say there, there's going to be any sort of <laughs> extra point. Extra point. The oh, snap, boy. the hold, the kick. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Just squeaked it go. in. There we go. Right upright. <laughs> by the way, they are – if you have an over ticket, you're just basically rooting for the Patriots at this point because they're they're the only ones going to help you out in, in this thing. It was 38 and a half. Uh, they have 32, 32 points. Yeah, yeah. If 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 you are if you are uh, the Eagles' uh, new head coach, um, who looks by the way like he's seventeen years old, Nick Sirianni. <laughs> Nick Sirianni. He looks like he's seventeen years yes, old. Yes, he does. He's forty. Only forty. Yeah. This is that's going to be a long night tonight for him because he's got to be thinking to himself, "Oh man, we are bad." Well, so anyway. they, uh, yeah. Back to those stats. Uh, yeah. Matt, I, the putting ones crack me up. So, like, first of all, Maverick McNeely and Mackenzie Hughes. Like, how are you this good at putting, like, week in and week out? It's incredible. Like, it, it really is incredible, especially since it's something that you and I and most golf handicappers out there, we rarely look there at. There are a few guys that are like definitely that. better putters than, uh, than a lot of and, yeah. and those guys are typically, you know, up there. Like, But I don't. You know, the only thing I ever look for in the putting is, is there anything that where someone just putted completely over expectation or something like that? And so I don't see anything that that really, I mean, stand up. I mean, Cam Champ, I guess, uh, getting nearly two and a half strokes is is something like that. I mean, for me, if you look at Finau, and I, you know, he's four strokes back, and I understand that. And I don't, I'm not saying that you want to make a play on Finau, but at 35 to one, you go and you look, and like, he lost strokes off the tee where he's, He's he's pretty good off the tee, yep. and like he didn't gain near as much as the other top guys in approach, and also I mean there is at least something that maybe he could string together or something like that. But it's just you know when you've got Rom and Thomas at the top, in, I know. In their, uh, I was gonna say I understand your point about Fina, but I'm not gonna. Do it. This is where those markets come in though of like live you know mm-hmm. like live top ten or top twenty yeah. where those are still bettable. Pure outrights, I don't think Matt and I are going to sit here and tell you to bet to bet anybody basically on this board as far as an outright winner just because you've got Rob and JT at the top. I, I completely agree, Gil. Two guys that I'm on just going on, on some of those putting stats that I'm not – I'm not counting out at all yet, especially my top 20 bets, are Daniel Berger and Paul Casey, where Berger, 
had a great day on approach, but then lost. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he lost over. He lost two two and a half strokes putting basically. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Paul Casey, he lost two strokes putting to the field, uh, which you know he'll he'll do that every now and then. But um, yeah, those are guys. I mean, Paul Casey's one under and Burgers even par. I uh, confident at least those guys can get up there. Burgers a guy. I think I would look at him still for for everybody out there that have access to still top ten, top twenty markets. I think that's a guy they could still make a push. You can get a long number on. Yeah, I'm. If it was anybody other than those two guys at the top, I could start to make a case for some of these other dudes. But like right. for for both of them to falter, like that's the deal. Like it's like one of them could fall off, but like for both to fall off would just be shocking to me. And you're saying well, Harold Varner's Harold Varner's not going to be there come right, Sunday. Right. Like and we have seen these type of rounds out of Harold Varner all the time. Like this guy, he's an, he's another one of those dudes who. He's like a sea bass, right? Yep. He, at any given time, he can go shoot five and six. Like, like he he does that. He just cannot do it for four straight rounds. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I, I, so so essentially, like you're saying, take him out. Everybody else is at four under. They're four strokes off of Justin Thomas and, J- yeah. and John Rump. We'd probably be sitting here saying the same thing if Rump and Thomas were at six under. We'd be counting most of these guys out. You know what I mean? So now you're talking. Give those guys how good they are. Two more strokes. They're basically doubling up the the rest of the field. I, I just. I don't like anybody's catch. I know it's not a sexy number. Final top ten lives plus one fifty. You're getting. You're getting, over, you're, I mean, you're getting plus money on a guy that I, again, like I said, I think is got at least some 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 positive uh, momentum heading into heading into tomorrow. I mean, he's he's we used to be he used to be top ten Tony, right? And, yep. and then he kind of fell off for a little bit, but maybe he did the whole Justin Thomas thing and and got uh got stuff figured out. Remember, top seventy in the FedEx points are the only ones that advance to next week at Owings Bills, Maryland. One hundred twenty-four in this particular field, and then it'll go to thirty. Week number three. Uh, let's do those uh, first and second place division by division odds in football. NFC next, right here on Decent's Primetime Action. Now that the NFL preseason has kicked off, it's the perfect way for you to huddle up with the Visa Pro Football betting guide, or at least the perfect time. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats, power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The guide, only 20 bucks. That's it. Discounts also available when you buy both the NFL and college guides. Reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. VEASAN.com slash subscribe is where you go to sign up now. Uh, it's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. What was the uh, what were the Twins money line? Uh, not money line, but in game uh, money line when uh, they were down six nothing. You remember? Because it's six nah. six four now. I don't think I saw. I don't think I gave money line. When oh, they you were did down not. Six I can, okay. It's probably also tell you the money line for the Cardinals must have been really really high as well with Woodruff on the hill and down three runs and they are now up. Yeah. Against yes, yeah, so that Brewers one was squad. high. I forget what I read off for that. That was in the teens though. Yeah. Twins are still twelve to one. Still twelve to one, down two runs. Yeah, two outs in the bottom of the eighth with uh, Giancarlo at the hill, or at the plate rather. Cardinals uh, not completely out of it either. They're they're knocking at the playoff door. The Cardinals organization figuring out a way every year seemingly to be in at five to four. Cardinals now bottom of the fifth with two out. Um, okay, yesterday we did this for the AFC. We didn't really find a lot of bets. We might have found one. This is not an exact finish. This is simply. Two teams that will finish 
in the top two positions of each division, and you can bet on these at DraftKings. Let's start with the NFC North as we go to the uh, National Football Conference. So Packers-Vikings, no surprise, to finish 1-2 in any order, minus 150. Packers-Bears and Vikings-Bears uh, would be plus 225 and 6-1, respectively. Then the Lions get involved. Every combination of the Lions. Packers-Lions, 18-1. to Vikings-Lions, 50-1. to And if you believe the Bears and Lions are going to finish 1-2 in whatever order in the NFC North, how's 100-1 to grab you? By the go, way, that's the... Go to the sportsbook. Find any other bet they offer <laughs> and make that other than any of the Lions combinations. Oh, man. I think that's the longest one, too. I don't, think the, one. I don't think the Texans ones even had a 100-to-1 combination. I don't think they there. did. I think 100-to-1 on that, that one is the, lo- the longest odds of any of these. Right, because the Packers and Vikings are at the top as opposed to the Colts and the Titans. So, yeah, 100-to-1, Bears-Lions. Uh, would, you la- would you, if you had, you know... The ability to do this, would you bet the minus one fifty on Packers Vikings and just forget about it till the end of the year? I think the only one I would bet would be the Vikings Bears at six yeah, to one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. At six to one, because I kind of like the Vikings in this division, even though Rodgers is playing. I, I look, I think the Packers have to run so pure on offense with. I mean, they have Devonte Adams and nothing else like for him to throw to. And they did. They ran. I think as pure as humanly possible last year. I think you have to run so pure when you just have no other playmakers and maybe it catches up to them at some point. Maybe not. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is just, you know, the second coming, but I I think it might could catch up to him. And so if that would be the case, I kind of like the Vikings to, to, to win that division. And then maybe there's kind of a battle there between the, the, the bears and the Packers. So it's six to one, you know, does it happen one every, you know, one every five times? I think so. It's one of those. I feel like I say this way too often on this show, but like, I completely agree with everything you just said. If that was, if that was nine, 10 to one, I'd bet it. I'd absolutely bet it <laughs> six to one. Maybe not, but it's still, it's still the only thing I'd bet on here. I got the Vikings to win the division at what? Plus two twenty five or something yeah. like that. I'll just stick with that. Yeah. I'm not going to get involved here. Right, and that's, you know, like for everything yeah. that Matt just said, like, you know, maybe that's the way that just makes more sense to play. It, right? We mentioned this last night. It really does feel like with a lot of these, and so many bets are like this, not to be callous, but it's the lens from which we come. A lot of these feel like they might be bets against injuries, right? Where it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go Packers, Bears, or excuse me, Vikings, Bears, you know, just in case. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to even say it out loud, but, you know, that and then it's kind of the the dirty side of betting. But a lot of these are, are with that in mind. Things happen. But you bring up a good point. I mean, if if I think that the Vikings are likely to win that division as it is anyway, I mean, it's they're plus 250 at DraftKings right now. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, I mean, they're plus 250 at DraftKings. Right. Just so bet it that just, way. Just bet it that way. This is interesting, though, because this is the most – if the NFC West is going to be the most interesting because it's the most compa- – the most uh, or, or I should say the best division top to bottom – this is the one that always has a different winner every year. Has for a decade and a half. It's the NFC East. Cowboys and Wooft. That's Washington. Plus 140. Um, makes sense that's a short shot. Cowboys Giants plus 275. Cowboys Eagles plus 450. Well, disrespectful to Washington. We say this all the time. This is this is the coin flip division. It is. Like, so this is where you take a shot, right? Washington Giants mm-hmm. plus 550. Washington Eagles. Try not to stare at your television screen too hard for this one. That's 7-1. And Giants-Eagles, a mere 15-1 to in this division. Like, that's not even that big of a long shot for the worst com- for the longest combination, longest odds, that is. Washington-Giants um, plus Washington, 550. Yeah, Washington-Giants yeah. plus 550, for sure. The that's Cowboys, the listen, we have 
we have a situation where Dak Prescott is just today was lightly throwing. We're yes, I understand we're still a few weeks from the season, but like this is a guy coming off a major injury, maybe needed to get some like serious reps to kind of get back in the swing of things. Like, do it. He's lightly throwing. That who knows how far we are from him actually like yeah. putting in full practices and putting whatever. And it's still a terrible defense. So there's no there's it is not crazy at all to think that a combination of of Washington and and, and the Giants could come in at five at all yeah that wouldn't I, surprise anybody I think that I mean just when we talk Cowboys futures in general it's like I mean okay are are, are they is he most likely doing pretty pretty well and they're just being very cautious yeah but how could you I don't know how you could bet almost anything on that team when you have not seen Dak take regular healthy snaps. In practice or in a preseason game at all. Yeah, I I, I like that 550, actually. Yep. I think that was pretty interesting. It's the only bet to make mm. there. All of our eyes went to the same spot. All right, NFC South. The defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and Saints. Ooh, minus 110. Bucks Falcons plus 350. Bucks Panthers also plus 350. Saints Falcons 10 to 1. Saints Panthers 10 to 1. And then the Falcons Panthers combos 20 to 1. Yeah, you're going to have to just, I mean, you know, again, I was talking about injuries. This is this is the one where it's sort of like, well, he's 44 years old, right? He'll, you know, let's hope nothing happens. Let's, let's hope he's he's healthy. But you wonder the with the Bucks, father time undefeated. You wonder if there is some, you know, again, everything went right last year. We've all seen teams have things go right for them one year and then things go awfully wrong for them the next. But it's not enough to make me want to bet it. I'm not betting against that, right? No, and and the thing is, like, and I, I say this jokingly all the time, but like Tom Brady plays a self-preservation style of football as well, which is why he just doesn't get hurt, right? He doesn't take chances. He doesn't, and yeah, I mean, that, he's not going to make the flashy plays that we see from all these other guys and stuff, but, you know, Things get weird in the pocket, and he just falls down. Like he doesn't take yeah. the chance on getting his ankle rolled up or, or like hitting his hand on a on a top of a helmet, and like all he just he doesn't do that stuff, you know. And so, I think the only way you could bet this one is one of the Bucks combinations, he, and then you know with any of the teams. Again, I'm way lower on the Saints than everybody else too. is, so I, I wouldn't bet that one. I would only bet either the Falcons or the Panthers, but. Um, I wouldn't. T- I wouldn't touch that top one. I would. Be- I would bet Bucks Falcons. I would bet Bucks Falcons. I, I I do think the Falcons could make some noise in this division this year. I do. Let's go to the most interesting one. I also think I've said that about the Falcons each of the past like four seasons, though. So you know, take that with a grain. By the way, what what is the stretch that I remember where the, like the Falcons defense had a flare up where they were actually good? Am I imagining that that happened? Where there was like a moment where like, oh, the Falcons defense is actually trending much better this this. Uh, was that early in the year? Maybe it was or something? way early in the year yeah. or something. Yeah, NFC West could have been. Uh, I I remember distinctly Rams Niners plus one ninety. Okay. Rams, Seahawks, and Niners, Seahawks, plus 300 and plus 330, respectively. Here's where it gets interesting. Rams, Cardinals, plus 650. Niners, Cardinals, remember this is to finish top two in the division in whatever order. Niners, Cardinals, plus 750. Seahawks, Cardinals, 9-1. to one. Hmm. I'd be betting against my own conviction if I didn't bet one of the Rams combinations. Rams Cardinals. Because I have so much invested in the Rams. So I would be betting against my own conviction. So I'd have to pick one of those. Yeah, I mean, Cardinals or Seahawks for me, because, again, I'm I'm lower on the 49ers than most. And so – I, I think for me it'd be Rams and Hawks or Rams and Cardinals and and we you know we talked about that we talked about the Cardinals when we were pre- previewing them you know I mean listen it is 
from an offensive side of the ball, I don't think any of us think that they're going to have any problems really on the offensive side of the ball. It's just what are they going to be able to do on the defensive side of the ball in a division that has you know a bunch of good a bunch of good teams? Well. What again? What if they run on? What if they run towards their ceiling on the defensive side of the ball as opposed to running towards uh, the floor? And if that's the case, this they are, they are just destroyed. Doesn't matter Eagles. if it's their first string, their yeah. second string. Brian or their Hoyer's third in string. now. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it's matter. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Thirty-two to nothing and and knocking on the door again. Yeah, I mean, I Rams, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals for me. I, I think that that's interesting. I mean, again, I think if the Cardinals stay healthy. They're going to be a problem. Oh, I, I think that team yeah, absolutely a, a, on that. A on that, but B, they're just going to be fun all season to watch. I think a fun team to bet that, like you're going to be catching points with a powerful offense. I always mm. love that combination. So, this is one I don't want any part of this one. I don't even know what to tell you. I, I agree with Matt. It would have to be Rams with someone for me, but then I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm down. I'm more down the 49ers than most people too. But, like, you stare at that at plus 190, and I'm like, really? Like, I do right. think the four. If I was being true serum, I still think the 49ers are a better team than the Seahawks oh, I do. and I do the too. Cardinals. Oh, I, do. I do, too. And look, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Right. You know, that's, that, is, that is a real thing that, is, that benefits the, this team for sure, you know? But I respect, the, I respect the ceilings of what the Seahawks and the Cardinals could have this year. Absolutely. So, of all of those eight divisions... We'll try to remember from yesterday. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but is is Washington and the Giants Washington the one the we Giants like the best? At five fifty is, yeah. I think, the one that I would, I would bet. Yeah. if I had to bet one, I think Bucks Falcons was my favorite one. Ooh, really? Yes. Plus three fifty. I'm gonna take Washington Giants. But I hear what you're saying because at least you have the Bucks anchor in that right, one, and yeah. you have no anchor in the Washington Giants. Yeah, exactly. Anybody can like, that. We're just, yeah, yeah. We're anyone just, wins. Yeah, yeah. winging it there. Yeah. All right, we've done all we can do. Um, not a whole bunch of baseball tonight, so sorry about that. Um, the nightcap, Tim Murray, Sean King, they're next. We'll send it over to Circa. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Enjoy. Enjoy.